If you get up every single day and you say, okay, what are the, what's the minimum amount of tasks I have to do today uh, until five o'clock? If that's your attitude, shit, it's Monday. Okay. I got these five things I got to check off and then I'm going to, I'm going to go to the bar. You have a job. Don't shit yourself. You don't have a career. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Uncommon Podcast of Be Poppin' Duff. Duff, what's up, brother? Nothing much, buddy. How are you? Doing well, as always. Well, hey, before we kick this off, we want to send a special thank you and shout out to all of our first responders, frontline workers, active duty military, and veterans that serve this great country. Without everything you all do, we cannot do what we do. So from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for everything that you sacrifice so that it allows us to live like we do. Absolutely. And I want to clarify something off of our police officer episode. I think some things got maybe misconstrued people kind of took it as I was telling all cops to quit and all that kind of shit. That's not what I'm saying. You have support in the community. I mean, we've seen a rash of killing uh, cops that have been killed in New York city, other places around the nation right now. It's just going out of control. And what I meant by it's the cops that were having issues in these certain cities and they were enforcing some of these unconstitutional things that I was very upset about on that episode mm-hmm. in no way, shape or form. You know, am I, ever against the cops in any form or fashion, you know, but I want the cops that want to go out there and enforce the law based on the constitution of the United States and their individual States, obviously by, you know, what they have to sign up under, but the overwhelming, you know, constitution of the land is what I, is what I was kind of going for. So if you did misunderstand that, I do apologize for not maybe articulating that right, but just know that we love you at this podcast. We love, I refer all the first responders and I have nothing but a ton of respect for all of you that walk in any of those professions, because I know that you take your lives into your hands every single day and I can't do what I do without you doing what you do. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that, you know, again, uh, I think we're going to get into another quick positive episode, business building episode. And I want to talk about having a career versus just having a Stop job. Stop saying bu- business building. Why? Because I think sometimes, like I said, then we have to clarify every time. It's just like, I don't know what, I don't know what we can call it, I guess. All right. Well, career versus job. I know you already just said that, but whatever. we always say business building. And I think some of our listeners are like, well, fuck, dude, I got a job. <laughs> like, what, you know what I mean? Like, is this have, episode going to be for me? Well, do you have a job or do you have a career, right? That's what I want to talk about today. And there's a big difference between just having a job and having a career. So before I get into my uh, perception of that or you get into yours, why don't we click it off with this clip? Up here trying to do my thing. This ain't really work, though. This is not really work. This is my career. <laughs> it's not really a job. This is my career. You know, some people have jobs. Some people have careers. Some of y'all, y'all in the audience, some of y'all got jobs, some of you have careers. Now, the people in the audience with careers need to learn to shut the fuck up <laughs> when you're around people with jobs. They don't want to hear your career bullshit. Keep that shit to yourself, okay? Don't let your happiness make somebody sad because that's what it does. That's right, because when you got a career, there ain't enough time in the day. There ain't enough time. When you got a career, you look at your watch, time just flies. You're like, God damn, whoa, it's 535. Damn, I got to come in early tomorrow and work on my project. Because there ain't enough time when you got a career. When you got a job, there's too much time. 
That's right. You look at your watch like, ah, shit, 9.08. <laughs> you don't even trust the time when you got a job. Too. You're like, what time you got? 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 9.15? Whoever got the latest time is the right time. He got the right time. He got the right time. Oh my God. Man, you know how you can tell you got a real bad job? When they give you that half-hour lunch break. Woo, there's nothing worse than a half-hour lunch break to a grown person. Why don't you just get a little spoon and give me some applesauce while you're at it? The fuck, a half-hour lunch break. By the time you put on your jacket, walk around the corner, go to the sandwich spot, order a sandwich, wait for them to make it, then get on another line to pay for it, 28 minutes have passed. Now you're rushing back to work, you're eating your sandwich, you're spilling beer down your shirt. And when you get in, your boss got the nerve to go, hey man, you're eight minutes late. Fuck you! <laughs> Do you realize even criminals in jail get an hour lunch break? Like, can I at least eat like a murderer? <laughs> I bet if I shot your ass, I could finish this sandwich. That cracks me up. I know, I like that one. But- the the moral of that skit is there's a big difference between having a career and having a job. And far too often we run into people that should be treating things like they have a career, but yet they treat it more like a job. Here's why I wanted to talk about this tonight. Well, I just look at real quick. I just look at jobs and careers just as we get going here. So I don't have to go back to it. I just look at jobs are a stopgap. Okay. Right, there's stopgap. So you have it's jo- temporary. You have job when you're coming up as a teenager, it's stopgap at all these different periods within that time frame, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I wrote down a couple of things. Right now, we have some, you know, military and um, police officers, first responders, nurses, those people that ended up losing their jobs over the mandates. Like, you need a stopgap to like bridge that gap until you figure out what else you're going to get back into, right? If right. you're going to stay in that field, or if you're going to change fields, or something like that. Yeah. I'm not going to trash jobs because I think they serve a very good purpose, but I also want to make sure that we differentiate between those two things. A career is something that you're going to continue to try to build onto. You're going to try to continue to gain more skills within one area of, you know, your working professional life versus a, like a stopgap, quick fix, you know, get me through this time period, you know, type of employment where you're under the thumb and the, and the shoe of somebody else on their ideals and their beliefs. That's right. Sometimes you might get into a job and ends up being a career because you might, it it might just fit with you, right? Your personality, what you want to do, whatever. And here's how I identify the difference between a job and a career, a job like Chris Rock said, you go in, you put your time in, you leave. Okay. A career, like he said more eloquently than I will, there's not enough time in a day to do the work you need to do when you have a career. But also part of having a career is taking the initiative and the self-discipline to learn everything you can learn about all facets of that career. Here's what I mean by that. So I'm in the, I'm in the financial world, okay? The mortgage lending world. If I treated my profession as just a job, I would only focus on the one aspect of the mortgage industry I do, which is loan origination, okay? I would not try to educate myself on your real estate contracts, the laws that you have to know to do your business. I would not try to educate myself on 
you know, underwriting guidelines and what the underwriters have to know and what the underwriters are dealing with for them to approve a loan or deny a loan and understand kind of their way of thinking. I would not take the initiative to understand what my processor needs to understand or needs to know to do her job correctly. Okay. And unfortunately, in your business and my business, there's a lot of people that think they have a career, but they treat it more like a job. Okay. The difference is it's how you treat your work. You know what I mean? And the way I look at that in my business is I'm always trying to learn other aspects of the business and do research on, okay, well, what's, you know, what drives, you know, market prices, what drives real estate prices, you know, what, what are the real estate trends overall, not just mortgage lending trends. You know what I mean? And I feel like if more people did that from a real estate broker side, you know, and I don't want to put you on the spot here, but from a real estate broker side, I talk to a lot of real estate brokers out there that could give two shits about the mortgage lending industry. They don't care. And I look at that and say, well, that's kind of short-sighted because if you really care about the work you do and you treated your profession as a career, you would want to know just as much about the mortgage lending world as you do about the real estate world. Because guess what? Unless you're dealing with only cash buyers on a daily basis, you're probably not going to know everything you should know, right? No different than if, all, if you want to build a career working strictly with investors. Maybe you want to build a career working with commercial investors and you got to understand net operating income and triple nets and, you know, what sort of income this, this commercial property is going to generate on a one, two, three, four, five year basis, things like that. You know what I mean? There's so many different aspects in each one of our businesses. And even for people out there, whether you are in insurance, whether you're in HVAC, there's so many different facets that if you only focus on the task at hand on a daily basis, you're not growing to make that a career and being an expert in what it is you do. A job is for a paycheck, right? And I these referenced it and I didn't want to jump on top of you, but even when I was a police officer, we used to joke all the time when I became a detective because yeah. I ended up getting a cell phone issued to me and had to carry it on me 24 hours a day. There were on-call periods, all these, you know, you get called out and everything else. You get calls at 8 o'clock at night. You get people calling you back. You couldn't ever let that job just go. You had to, you were always had to be on, right? Well, right. when I was a patrol officer, we used to do these handwritten log sheets. And we had to document everything that you did throughout your shift. And you threw it in the box. And guess what? When you walked out the door, you were done. Right. Yeah. And if somebody called me, I could choose during my sleeping period to get my ass up and answer the phone or not. Right. And so even within. Because you were punching a clock. Yep. And even within, you know, something that can be looked at as a career. The book that I'm reading right now for 75 Heart is so good. They can't ignore you by Cal Newport. And he brings up in there, you know, there's, there's a fallacy out there right now that just says, go do what you love. Go find your passion. Go, go make money doing your passion and everything will be okay. It'll take care of itself. It's a fallacy, okay? And he brings up a very good point in this book. He says that if you don't build up the career capital, he calls it career capital, in any venture, he says that you will actually love whatever you end up doing that you decide to put time and effort into to build that career capital, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go, one example he uses in the book was this financial person, big up in a, like a CEO company, decides one day that she's going to take an online course and become a yoga instructor, goes and opens her own shop. She lasted five months. She didn't have any career capital in being a yoga instructor. She didn't take the time to go and 
pick anybody's brain. She didn't go and learn from the best. She didn't go to the master dojos if there are, you know, whatever you want to say, you know, take it into martial arts. Like she didn't go learn from a black belt. She learned from a brown belt. Mm-hmm. And all that's going to do is keep you in that job, right? It's going to keep you in the job role because you're going to have to go back and you're going to have to find that stopgap again. Oh shit. That business venture didn't work. I got to go get a job, build some money back up. And then I got to figure out what I'm going to do. That's right. Right. Or I'm going to try it again, or I'm going to do, and you know, there's been very, a lot of people out there that have been successful and they've, they've been able to do that with their passion. But the reason why I wanted to bring this point up was not all of your passions are going to pay you money. Not all of your passions are going to be able to afford you a life that you want to live either right? without building up that career capital and figuring out how you're going to do it. I was trained at the police department to read body language. You and I have talked a lot about it. That's one of my career capital things, right? I spent that comes ten, in handy I, being I spent, in the sales. I spent 10 years doing it, right? And mm-hmm. so now I want to do a platform where I teach businesses and companies things to look for when they're interviewing employees, potential employees, right? There's millions of dollars lost every single year by training new employees. They make it two weeks and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. But even with my knowledge, I'm still trying to build more capital in that space before I try to launch that venture. Does that make sense? Yep. And so- Well, you're trying to build a foundation. I want to build the foundation, but also I want it to be a career. I have so I'll have several careers, really, you know, mm-hmm. going at the same time. I want to be a multiple business owner, but it's not a job, right? I'm not looking at it as a job. I'm trying to build that capital up so that I can go and make- that leap, take that leap and put that out there into the world and try to help other people, but make money at it at the same time. Right. Anything we do in life, you build a house, you better have a good foundation for that house, right? You're trying to build a business, you better start with a good foundation with that business. There's no quick fix. There's no shortcut. There's no, there's no get rich quick scheme. You know what I mean? There's no luck. You know, we talked on a prior episode, probably released uh, just for this one about luck. There's no such thing as luck. You know what I mean? Okay, could you be in the right place at the right time that you happen to meet somebody? Okay, that's fine, but that's not even luck because you probably had to put in some work to be in that position to begin with. You see what I'm saying? And this goes down, you know, talking about career versus a job. If you get up every single day and you say, okay, what are the what's the minimum amount of tasks I have to do today uh, until five o'clock? If that's your attitude, shit, it's Monday. Okay, I got these five things I got to check off, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the bar. You have a job. Don't shit yourself. You don't have a career, okay? But if you get up on a Monday, we all get the case of the Mondays, and you're like, man, I got these five things to do, but then, you know, I've got these two projects that I, I need to start, and I need to maybe research a couple other things, and man, I hope five o'clock doesn't come too quickly because I, I've got some personal stuff I got to do after that or whatever. Now you have a career, You know what I mean? And I think that for anybody that wants to be successful in any endeavor they're doing, they have to look at, okay, what are the different facets of this profession that I should probably understand? Okay, let me give an analogy here real quick. A personal trainer, right? They can probably go in, they can probably do really well, maybe coaching a a hit class, maybe training somebody on weightlifting. But what if that personal trainer never, ever, spent time to learn about nutrition. How good would they be? Well, they had it on Adam Geiger's episode with Hitbox. You know, he brought that up. Is right. that, you know, you can do the whole calorie deficit thing, but it's not sustainable. Well, right. 
a good trainer like Adam is going to understand nutrition, is going to understand how people burn fat. He's going to understand what workout is best based on whatever particular diet protocol he's got somebody on to make them see the best results possible. You see what I'm saying? The way Adam is training folks with his nutrition and his knowledge on exercise and his hit classes and things like that is vastly different than the, the trainer over at Choose that is treating that like a nine to five job, right? Right. That's kind of my analogy. Well, and I actually, I've been, you know, I told you I've been working out with one of the trainers at the gym, you know, lately, and he's been kind of just seeing kind of how I do things. Now I'm not very conventional in the way that I do things. I do a lot of supersetting and do a lot of that kind of stuff. But for people out there, when you work, let's, I'm just going to use trainers as an example, because this was a, a conversation I had with him. I never see those guys walk around and ask people just working out by themselves. Any questions? Any questions? How do you get clients? You build relationships. Right. Right. You sell. And it's not even just selling, just be a good person to other people, right? Like right. I have a group of older folks in that gym now that if I was a trainer there, they would all train with me. Mm -hmm. And I know that a hundred percent because I, I mean, I just encourage them. That's all I do. You know, Hey, I talked about John on here, by the way, real quick, quick story. I know we want to keep this episode short, but I want to give John a huge kudo and shout out. Okay. He looked at me the other day. I was getting ready to leave. And uh, for those that don't know, I talked about John on a previous episode. He's an older gentleman. He's lost one of his legs. I didn't know if it was due to diabetes or something else, but he's an older gentleman. And uh, he's been trying to learn how to walk with a new prosthetic there. And he had seen me on the stair climber and he said one of his dreams, he wants to get on the stair climber with me. Fast forward to last week, I'm getting ready to leave. And, you know, when I'm done with a workout, man, I'm tired. I don't, I, I kind of just get out. Right. And he stopped and he said something to me as I'm walking out and got my attention. I turned around and I said, Oh, John, Hey, how are you doing? And he says, I want to do the stair climber today. And I looked at him and he was with a different trainer. He trains with the, typically with the trainer I've been working out with, but he was with a different trainer that day. And she looked at me and she's like, I don't know if I can, you know, handle him if he comes down. And I said, well, John, why don't we start with like a step up, you know, like on one of the solid step up things. Let's try that first. And then somehow the conversation got turned. We ended up getting him on the elliptical, dude. He did the elliptical by himself. We had to hold him for a little bit, but there was a point where we were all disengaged and he was there just pumping his arms, dude, and kicking his feet. And he's looking at me. And the funniest part was he looks over at me and he with a big old shitty and grin on his face. And he goes, I'm tired. And I said, no shit, John, you haven't done something like this in a while. Like, you know, it's going to be tough, but the excitement in that man's face and what he just accomplished. That's awesome. It's one of those things. Right. And so you know, when, when you look at, let's just say that I am a trainer at that gym. If I look at that as just a job then I'm just going to show up and I'm going to get, get whatever clients they give me. Right? right. But if I'm looking at that as a career, I'm you do this to anything, you know, you could do it in your own coaching. You could, you could apply this to anything, any business coaching, any of those kind of things. Right. I mean, anything where you're self-employed real estate, all the, you know, all these different facets, but if you go build that client base by building these solid relationships with people, guess what? Those people are going to go out and tell everybody they know. Mm -hmm. I got the best trainer in the world because he cares about me. And that for that hour, you know, a week or hour every couple of days that I go to that gym, you know, they're going to look at me like I'm changing their life. Right. That's and right. so 
you know, I think the other difference between this is you should have passion for what you do, but also you need to look at the external influence that you have on others, right? The one sign I have in my office is it's not just about the life that you live. It's about what you get other people to do. I'll look it up here in a second, but it's basically what do you inspire others to do? Right. Right. Well, and on that note, you know, totally agree with you. I always say you better be an expert. So if, if you're in a, a profession that you want to be a career rather than just a job, you better be an expert in that. Okay. And I'll talk for me, for example. So I'm in the mortgage arena. I'd like to think that I'm pretty freaking knowledgeable when it comes to real estate contracts, economics, supply, demand, what causes rates to go up, what causes interest rates to go down. You know what I mean? A lot of those economic factors, you know, inflation, I don't know a lot about inflation, but I'm trying to learn a little more. You know, I, you know, every day I get up, I'm looking at it going, okay, what can I research today to, to add to my library, to make myself a little bit more knowledgeable than I was yesterday? right? How can I be that much more of an expert in my field? Because the more I know about the other ancillary things that affect my business, the the better off I'm going to be at my business, the better resource I'm going to be in my profession. You take somebody that's in the HVAC world, for example, okay, heating and AC. They probably, most of them want to know, or most of them do know about plumbing. A lot of them know about electrical, you know what I mean? Because it all kind of ties into itself, okay? A tile setter is probably going to understand how to lay carpet. Maybe they're not going to lay carpet, but they're probably going to understand how to lay carpet, for example, because carpet butts up to tile. You know what I mean? But they're going to understand how trim work works with cabinetry and moldings and, you know, how it all ties together. Okay, this is the the biggest difference between somebody that thinks they just have a job and somebody that actually has a career and takes pride in their profession. You know what I mean? In your world as a real estate broker, and I don't want to tell any, any real estate agents how to do their business, but I would tell you if I was a real estate broker, I would know everything I could possibly know about the real estate world. But then I'd also need to know, okay, what can I know about the title work industry? even though it's boring. Title insurance is not sexy. It's very boring, but I should know that. What do I need to know about the mortgage world? Not that I want to go do loans, but I need to be able to to talk educated enough to my clients so that they understand that I'm the resource. You follow me? You got to build value. You're building value and you're creating your library. You're putting in your capital that you talked about so that you are now the resource and you're the professional. Right. And I, and I mean, for me, we talked about it on an episode a long time ago now, but you know, I've lost a couple deals because I didn't show that value. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't want, can can I say something? Go ahead, dude. I want to correct you. One thing you just said, you said I lost. I'm going to say something. This is a little bit of tough love. Well, you, you never had it if you, you didn't, didn't fucking blah, 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 have blah, it blah, to blah, begin with. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Whatever. That's my terminology. And I said it, goddammit. It was my fucking deal. So, but <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Though? I get it. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. But I'm just saying that I didn't get the deal. Then I didn't sure. get the deal, Brett. So, <laughs> no matter what it is, I mean, it's because I didn't show the value that I bring to the table. Right. right. And then, so that's the other half of that. I would say mm-hmm. you have to build that career capital as Cal Newport would say. And I highly recommend everybody to go read that book. It's, it's great. It's right. really put some shit in perspective of this, you know, sunshine and rainbow society we live in at this point. Oh, everybody's a winner. Everybody yeah. deserves a trophy. But 
you know, I didn't get that. I didn't get those deals because the, even the value that I do bring to the table. Now you'd be hard pressed and you, you can give me your opinion on this. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I am probably one of the more personable agent, personable agents. Like I, I get in the deal with my people, but guess what? Nobody messes with my people either. Right. I don't let anybody walk on my people because when I treat them that way, that's how, that's how I would treat my mom, my grandma, everybody else. Right. right. And that's how I've chosen to do business. But that's the value I bring to the table. I bring the years of experience I referenced with the police department on another episode with the interview and interrogation and how to talk to with people and have those conversations, even with other brokers when they're trying to, you know, people are always going to try to snake shit in or get their clients something free so they can pound their chest and say, look what I got you and yeah. all this kind of shit. That shit doesn't happen with me. Make you feel more important. That shit doesn't happen with me because I just don't let it happen. Right. right? But that's, right. that's a value that people don't see in my day-to-day -day operations. They're not mm -hmm. going to see when we go on a showing how I interact with another broker. Right. Right. Or how I'm going to stand up for them. Like they're my cousin mm -hmm. and you know, it, to be totally honest with you at the very beginning, and this is the hothead Dustin that I'm trying to get away from so much, but you know, there were a couple different times in, in my career so far where people were talking down to me and talking really shitty to me. And I, I flat out told him over the phone, you wouldn't be talking to me like this unless if we were in person, because I'd smack the chiclets out of your fucking mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? And right. you got to know a time and place with that. You new agents do not try that shit. That is, no. that is totally, that is, that is a move that you got to learn baby. But, <laughs> but nonetheless, like that is a value I bring. And if I don't show that to the people in my potential network or my client, you know, potential clients that I'm contacting out there, nobody knows about it. So right. once you build that career capital, like Cal Newport talks about, make sure that the people that you want to go do business with know that that is a value that you bring to the table. Right. I want to clarify something, you know, when I just kind of gave you a little bit of grief about the whole, I lost a deal. Here's why I don't like saying that. And it's got nothing to do with you. I'm not really mad. No, I know. It's got nothing to do with you. It's a mindset. You know, if I go out and say I lost a deal, what that, what that does is it turns me into a victim to where I wasn't responsible for the outcome of that. You see what I'm saying? But see, and I don't look at it that way because I'm an athlete. No, right. No, and I'm, I'm telling and you. losing to me yeah. is the worst thing in the fucking right. world. I look at that as, okay, if I didn't nail that client down, if I didn't get that deal, okay, I'm going to take the personal responsibility to say, okay, if I didn't lose it, I never had it to begin with, and I didn't build, just like you said, I didn't build my value to where they wanted to work with me, okay? And so because of how I have that mindset, that makes me analyze if I don't get a deal, where did I lose them? What step did I miss them at? It could just be you didn't jive personally with somebody and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Personalities don't mesh from time to time. Okay. Nothing you can do about that. But I feel like if you, if you happen not to, not, not to get a deal and you sit back and say, okay, I'm going to analyze it, figure it out. You're going to be that much better when you move forward. You're adding that capital to your career because you're going to be able to be able to identify if you come up against another situation to where you feel like it's slipping away, you'll be, a, be able to identify it. And hopefully you can bring that value back and capture that client at that point. You see what I'm saying? Right. And I'm just saying that, you know, for me, when I would lose a football game as example, mm -hmm. right? First thing I start thinking about is what do I need to do so I, that doesn't happen again? We're saying the same thing. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, mm -hmm. I think it's just how you look at things and how, you, you know, kind of the wars you fought over time and those, and the right. experiences you've had and how you, how you want to look at the world. Right. And for me, 
everything is winning and losing. Like you're either like Eric Thomas said on one of the episodes we just recorded, winners win and losers lose. Yeah, and it's and a it, habit either way. And if you want to be a winner, you got to figure out why you lost. Yeah. Well, winning's a habit, just as losing's a habit. Okay. And if you want to build a career, you want to build a long-lasting career. Understand, you have to develop those habits. Here's the other thing: if you want to build a long-lasting career, certain things can be delegated. You know, I talked in a prior episode about you know there's certain tasks that you know if if you can pay somebody 15 bucks an hour to do a task, whatever that task is, data entry, whatever, you should not be doing that task yourself. Okay, that's not paying you. But far too many people out there get into certain types of sales. They try to build a business, whatever that business might be. And they think that their job is to delegate everything. I call them master delegators, right? They know everything. They don't do shit, but they want to delegate out to everybody and tell everybody how to do shit that they don't know how to do. I got news for you. Okay. You're never going to be successful if you're a master delegator. Okay. You have to put in the time. You got to put in the effort. You got to put in the work. And then when you get to a certain level, then you hopefully are efficient enough that you can train other people to work like you to where then if you delegate, it's seamless. But if you're trying to delegate your business to brand new people that don't really know what they're doing because you haven't taken the time to train them or taken the time to, ha to have them emulate you, you're wasting your time. Well, if you want to be the face of it, you have to put in some of the work. Like you got to put in the if hard I want, work. If in my real estate business, if I want people to look at me and do business with me, no matter what other resource I use, a transaction coordinator, we have people at the office that take care of the CDA and they check all the documents, make sure every box mm -hmm. is filled, everything is good, right? Like we have a lot of these steps, you know, already established. But I'm the face. I'm the face of my business, right? Not my transaction coordinator, not my showing assistant, not not any of my staging people. None of those people are not. Those are in support of my mission of where I'm trying to go. I have to continue to be the face of that business. I have to, mm -hmm. right? And and when you're self-employed, you know, if you're if you're employed under somebody else, one thing I would like to just touch on real quick: having a job is not a bad thing, especially if you have aspirations. One quick story. My father-in-law had a great career as a para-retirement from the school district. He started as a when he was in high school as one of the techs doing just oil changes on the buses and stuff after school. Mm -hmm. Turned into a job where he could drink beer and you know do some go out at night and do whatever else you know rousing and everything else they did. But he ended up being one of the top dogs, and he actually got recruited to other school districts when he did retire from. Adams 12, which was a school district here in Colorado, he retired because the peril rules are going to change. And so he wanted to get out because so, it was going to kick him down a tier. But he no more left that job with no college education as the, the transportation main dude for Adams 12, the right. main guy. So if you see positive growth in a business, if you get involved with a startup, if you get involved with a smaller company that's trying to grow and you see that there's potential to grow with that and you agree with that mission or you agree with where these people are going, mm -hmm. it's not a bad thing to stay with some of those companies and be the best goddamn employee that they've ever seen. Be well, that, be that person. And my, and I would even throw my sister into that category. Yeah. She's running, she's running a, she, a, she runs the show. She runs a childcare facility, the daycares, um, summer camp deal over in, in Broomfield. 
And they won't do, they do, they won't let her go. Mm-hmm. My mother-in-law, same thing. She wanted to retire about four months ago. They came to her and they said, please don't retire yet. We want you to train somebody to be like you. Right. Right. So when you create that career capital, even when you're in a job, say, and you maybe get into that job and you really enjoy it and you start to see growth in that, don't jump out of there just because you're like, this is only a job and I need to go find me a career. That could be a career, but make sure that your beliefs align with that. Mm -hmm. And the work ethic needs to be at a level where they don't want you to leave. Well, you, you just brought up a couple really good points. And I want to kind of unpack one thing, okay? When I say career versus a job, you can work for somebody. You can be an employee of somebody or an employee at a company and still have a career, okay? You could even have an hourly wage at a company, like the example you gave. But the example you gave, that employee went out of his way to become an expert in his field, right? Right. Build that capital to build his capital as an employee to where he was indispensable as an employee. See, this is the one thing that I don't want to get lost in this episode, that it's only for entrepreneurs or it's only for sales. This is for anybody out there that is working for themselves or working at a company. You see what I'm saying? Just because you have a have a role at a company, hourly wage, salary, however you're paid, W-2, doesn't mean you have to treat that like a job because I tell you what, if you only treat that like a job, they're going to treat you as, as dispensable. And if they pay you handsomely, sometimes the lack of stress that you'll have to deal with, <laughs> with owning your own business and stuff, it may be worth it to be honest with you. Yeah. Cause there's days in this business, bro, that I just look at, I look in the mirror and I'm just like, there's days I wish for simpler times. Man, you know what I mean? I get told all the time, all the time. Why don't you just start your own mortgage company? You are out of your mind. I don't want the headache and I don't want the the nonsense of everything that goes on in the back end with compliance and all that sort of stuff that currently I don't deal with. You see what I'm saying? There's a difference between entrepreneur and intrapreneur. Some people are very good at being entrepreneur, the business owner. Maybe they don't want to do the nitty gritty of the business on a daily basis. They want to run the company. Nothing wrong with that. But then you have the people that are entrepreneurs that say, okay, this is my profession and I'm going to make this a career and I'm going to do everything I can to build the capital that you've talked about. Okay. They're both equally important. You need the entrepreneur to own the company. You also need the entrepreneur to help run the company. And my last equally point, important. And my last point for people that have those people in those positions, don't beat them up. That's right. That's why most people, treat them well. That's why most people leave, dude. Is because you're good employees. We said it on another episode, but you can't continue to put all of the tasks on your good employees because you have shit employees. If you have shit employees, get rid of the shit employees and find more good employees. Right? Like, right. You can't you can't bombard those people. You and you have to create avenues for growth. Well, on the flip side of that too, is the, the, the business owner, the entrepreneur, the, the manager, the supervisor, whatever also has to identify the toxic individuals that are not doing what's best for the, themselves or best for the company, right? They have a job. These people have a job. They want to be paid or treated like they have a career, but they don't want to put the effort in to make it a career. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. There's plenty of people like that. And it's up to the supervisor, the entrepreneur, the business owner, whatever, to identify those people and get them to the exit door. <laughs> yep. Kick their ass to the curb. Right. All right. Don't so let with- the door hit you where the good Lord split you. <laughs> right. All right, everybody. So with that, 
Let's cut it out. So I'm just I'm just gonna say this. All you people, I we I know you guys are tired of hearing us put our contact information. It's down in the show notes, okay? But I just want to I just want to talk straight to you for a second. Okay. I got a little frustrated on the way in today because of you know some mask shit and that kind of stuff that was, that's still going on. And I'm not telling everybody not to comply or whatever. I'm not even. Saying I'm going to tell them not to comply. I'm, that's fine. I'm trying not to do it on this episode, but. If we continue to go down the road that we're going down and we're, and we don't have people actively talking about some of the topics that we're bringing up on this podcast, I, I looked at Brett kind of frustrated when I walked in and I said, what the fuck are we doing? So we need your help. We need your help to get the word out. And we just ask that you share this episode. We don't get paid for this stuff, guys. We don't ask for anything else. You know, if you want to follow us anywhere, you know, follow us on our, on our social media channels and stuff. But the one thing that we ask for, and the one thing that would help us out the most is to share these episodes, whether people want to hear them or not. You know, I text out, I don't know about you, Brett, but I text out about 30. I texted to about 30 people every time we drop an episode, Mm -hmm. whether they want to hear it or not, or if I think they want to hear the content or not, I still just text it to them. Right. So they can click on it right on the text message. Right. And Mm -hmm. so you know, if everybody out there could just help us a little bit and start sharing this with more people, we would be eternally grateful. And Absolutely. like we said, we are not afraid to be the voice for you. And again, we want to we want to talk about stuff you guys want to hear about. So if you have a message that you think your son or daughter or your mom or dad or your, you know, aunt or uncle or, you know, distant cousin, you know, that pissed you off at Thanksgiving dinner, if there's a message that you feel like they need to hear and it aligns with something that maybe we think about or anything, send it to us. We'll be happy to put throw down an episode just on your behalf so you can send it to Cousin Joe, the asshole from Thanksgiving, and you don't have to say two words about it. You could just say, hey, you should check these guys out and send them that episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that, everybody, you got our contact info on Twitter, uh, Facebook, email. It's on the show notes. Follow us, communicate with us, share this with at least one person you haven't already shared it with, and stay dangerous. See you.